my name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Home for Rainbow OCs. This is a podcast where I guess I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Kat. How are you doing today? I am super great. Very excited to be here. I am glad to hear that. It is... I... I realize that I've been doing pod... I've been doing this podcast in particular for over two years now, but it's it's always nice to hear that, you know, people are interested in being on your show. That's definitely, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a long time, though. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it is, a, it has been quite the journey. And it's, <laughs> I, I was realizing when I was recording the last episode, which was the anniversary, um, I had a lot of fun, uh, making it and editing it so if you haven't listened to that episode listeners you should go back and listen to episode 50 um but while we were recording it um i realized that (laughs) this means that i'm not going to get to an episode 100 for another two years (laughs) oh no i mean that's what that's the corner i backed myself into when i said i'm doing two episodes a month (laughs) and there's only you like the opportunity to take your time though right like that's oh yeah, yeah yeah I, a couple of my friends have podcasts that are, like, weekly, and I don't know how they do it. Yeah, that's what, we're, we're weekly, and it's, it's a time. Yeah. It's definitely a time. Yeah. Uh, we got, we pushed back to bi-weekly because everything going on, but. hmm Yeah. That, that brings us to the reason why we're here today. <laughs> we're here today to talk about one of your OCs, Kat. Who are they? And, uh... What information would you like to start off with talking about? Which okay. was a really weird way for me to phrase this. I haven't recorded a wayward episode that wasn't the anniversary in about a month. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting back into it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're good. Um, so her name is Tavia. She is a uh, gnome ranger. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's really not, she's not like cool with the world. Like she's not down <laughs> for most people. She's very wary and standoffish, but okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's her. She's she's on a quest and doing what she does. Yeah. Okay, so if 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 I'm remembering from the last time that I recorded a typical <laughs> episode, where where would you really like to start with talking about Tavia? Would you like to talk about maybe um? how you came up with the idea for her character or was it something that kind of happened more so as you were working on character creation that Tavia like came to her own as a character? Where do you yeah. want to start? Uh, if, if it's, if it's okay, I can like mesh them together. So yeah, definitely. Uh, not to like plug, but uh, Tavia is a character on a podcast. So when we sat down, we were like, okay, we're going to make these characters. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, I'm crazy and I make characters all the time and just kind of leave them in a folder. I literally have a folder on my boyfriend's computer of just, uh, like, characters. It's just sitting there. Cat, mm-hmm. it's okay. This this is a safe space. <laughs> that, is a, that is a perfectly reasonable habit. <laughs> it's an addiction that's allowed here. Um, so I was going through and I remember, she's kind of based off this book character from, like, I want to say it's a Norwegian folk story. I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's mm-hmm. a story I read as a kid where it's about this girl and she has these brothers. She's like a princess. And they get turned into swans for whatever reason. I don't remember mm-hmm. why. Yeah. And she she spends her life, like she spends like five years 
in silence sewing them special shirts to like mm-hmm. save them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's basically the only thing I ended up from that original concept. The only thing that ended up staying was that she had seven brothers. Yeah. Um, but like I don't know why I was thinking about this character as like, I want to play a ranger, and I that that jumped out like in my head it just jumped out and I was like okay and I mm-hmm. must have spent two weeks just talking to my friends and just workshopping okay what about this what about uh is she gonna stay silent is she you know where is she from who you know stuff like that mm-hmm. so that was the original concept and like I said the character that came out after that is nowhere near that concept. I mean, that's okay. Having brothers, yeah. Characters go through revisions. It was it was a long time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she has she has seven brothers, which is a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of where that that's that came from. Um, I remember in the story as well. She like she looks for them. I think it's been a very long time since I read this book. Yeah, she I looks for them, and I think oh, no. probably. Um, if I, I I also have a lot of experience with reading folk tales and mythology, and I think the like the myth of this of like the Swan siblings is one that's pretty pretty common. I guess it comes up a lot in various yeah. various regional mythologies. So I don't think there's like one correct version. No, there's definitely multiple ones where I was just like, I read this at some point somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's that was the, at least the original concept for her was this girl. She's and where it came out was like she's looking for her brothers. So she, her brothers were taken, and now she's on a quest. Okay, okay. Since um, but before we like continue further in uh your creation of Tavia, I have to ask: Did you keep the swan motifs? Because I- swans are mean and would be an excellent like like ranger partner animal to sick on enemies <laughs> so what's interesting is during the first early ones i did there was like a whole swan thing where she like grew up by a pond and the swans were there mm-hmm. um and then as it went through it became something entirely different uh and the swans were eventually dropped but there are not in her but in uh the story that we we worked out for her and what's happening and and the people and everything that took her brothers there is some kind of play into that at least i think there i hope there will be um, okay okay yeah cool okay so when you um when you were first like making tavia you said that this was uh in tandem with the rest of your podcasting group making her or making yeah. their own characters yes was was she created like independently or was this something where all of you were kind of like bouncing ideas off each other a little like again like this is something but like a little bit of both but we were all like okay let's try to make characters who are going to be able to to work together mm-hmm. but we all kind of we were all kind of in that mindset, but we still made our characters separately, um, as long as the DM, like, cleared everything, but, uh, yeah. yeah, we were all pretty separate for the most part, mm-hmm. um, I do remember texting people about, like, uh, meeting for the first time, because we all had, like, we had a one-shot, everybody had a one-shot with the DM, where they kind of, the character got introduced to the world, and we tested oh, okay. recording and everything, um, so I remember that happening, and we all texted each other after a one-shot, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened, and oh my god, I can't yeah. wait to see you and everything like that. But it was pretty separate for the most part until the characters met up. 
Okay. Was it was it kind of a thing where you guys agreed on like okay we need like this is this is going to be our party composition we need someone to play a paladin we need we need someone to play a ranger we need someone to play a rogue we need a bard that kind of a thing. No, we're we're a pretty small group and I don't think we really took into account party comp to be honest. We were just okay. like okay what are we playing? Made sure it kind of complemented each other enough vaguely that we could be like it's cool and then just kind of moved on from there. Um. Okay. Yeah, we we don't we, we didn't bother ourselves too much with that. We figured whatever we made we we get through the world fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, that is I'm I'm glad to hear that you that y'all were able to work together in that kind of a concert cuz yeah. I I have I have experiences personally where it's been like, okay, I'm making my character with with this class and I've I don't think I've ever had any like strip like experiences in making a tabletop character that is like all of us are in the same room working out our characters at the same time kind of a thing you know yeah i did it once and it was an interesting time or doing it and being like i don't know if i'm cool with everybody knowing all my secrets like immediately um but yeah cool so would you like to talk about what uh what tavia's one shot was with the dm oh yeah Absolutely. So, uh, Tavia's whole story starts with, uh, her cave getting raided, and mm-hmm. her brothers get taken for, uh, by human, by this group of humans and now it's mainly soldiers, and she gets left behind, so she's like, I gotta, I gotta find my family, I'm just stuck here alone in this cave, I've never left this cave, mm-hmm. um, cause they're like miners. Uh, also playing like a Snow White dwarf theme, I nice. guess, that I never yeah. thought about till now. <laughs> yeah, um, why, why not? M- myths yeah. are very flexible. You it, it all works. You need. <laughs> It all meshes together. It'll work itself out. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, she leaves the cave and she gets a lead on her on her uh, on her brothers, and she's in the city, like in a small city, mm-hmm. kind of investigating uh, people and uh, the lead that she had. Uh, I remember specifically that I didn't kill someone, but I caused someone to die because someone shot an arrow at me and I ducked. Hmm. And then I threatened, like, I was threatening someone, and they, I was like, don't do it, because I had, it was like a standoff with two arrows, it's been a long time, it was almost a year ago at this point that we were doing one shots, Mm -hmm. so like, I was holding, I had my bow, and they had their bow, and we were like, in a one shot, and like, a a standoff, and they shot, and I ducked, and it killed the person behind me, and I remember, like, this really funny moment of the other, like, the NPCs being like, you killed him, and I was like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I did absolutely nothing. I avoided being murdered. I did yeah, not I was murder. Like, all I did was duck. They should have ducked too. I'm sorry. Uh, I remember that. And then eventually the, the plot, like, hook for all the characters in the campaign was we all got, we're on a boat to the new world. Mm-hmm. So my lead led me onto the boat and then we all went off. Okay, okay. Interesting. I... I'm very intrigued by this concept that you've presented of, hey, the party all started on this one continent, and then you guys are going to pres- explore what I'm presuming is a hitherto for unexplored continent in your world. Yeah, for the most part. It was like the new world, and there are small settlements and cities, and mm-hmm. it's been tamed, but not like, we, we've just explored like four cities at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't really looked at a lot. <laughs> okay. So kind of, kind of like a, 
Europeans, heavy air quote, discovering North America kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Very, very, very much like that. Okay. That's really neat. It's fun. And our DM's great. And he, he built a fantastic story and world for us to kind of explore and move around. And we have really good friends. Mm-hmm. So would you like to talk a little bit about the people, about your other your fellow party members, or would you like to talk about uh, the kind of story that you all are exploring in this new world? Uh, I can hit both, that's okay. Yeah, go for it. Whichever order you want. Uh, um, rules so, just right. <laughs> so, for the other two, uh, we have a rogue. I want to see if she's an arcane shikster. It's been a while since you report it. Uh, it's an mm-hmm. arcane shikster rogue. Uh, and her name is Felicity. And then we have... So he's a... Um, a human fighter. Okay, what's his name? Uh, so that is um, Thorn. Okay, Thorn, cool. Keep, and Felicity. I don't believe we have a last name for her yet. Um, and cool three person squad. It's it's a great group because we're all not fantastic. Like we're all good people, but we're not like great people. Like we're we're mean. Interesting. Done, but we're mean. Um, we went. There's a point where we went to this town, and we're talking around, and we find this shopkeep who's like we're asking him about like the what what the war did to the town and why they're against the empire and everything. Mm-hmm. Pretty standard like investigation stuff. And he mentioned that his son was sent over in the war and died. And I don't remember what led to it, but someone it was either myself or it was Felicity started mocking him for it. I don't remember why. Um, it's really awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really bad. Um, we're, we're a pretty lighthearted group of people. Like, unless, like, unless it's, like, very, very, very serious. But um, it wasn't too bad what happened. Because it was, it was very light. It was like, oh, there's an extra room in your house or something now. Like, I remember that being a joke. Um, for the most part. We're just, like, we're sassy. We're very sassy and we're very anti-authoritarian. Yeah, uh, to be, to be fair, which group of which group of tabletop adventurers is not at least a little bit anti-authoritarian? That's a really good point. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Like, I'm thinking about it. I don't think I know of. I, I can't think of a single, like, tabletop group that I've ever heard of that is actively trying to enforce a status quo. That's fair. That's definitely, yeah. That's fair. That's definitely a really good point. Everyone's always trying to break things down. If if anyone listening to this is wanting to start their own actual play podcast or tabletop game or whatever, like, if you think you can do that well, you have my permission to use that idea. It's an untapped market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um. But yeah, and then uh, did you? I'm sorry. Did you ask about the story so far? I got lost in laughing about. Yeah, kind uh, of. Uh, if you want to talk more about, like, what? Um, oh, here's a here's a fun question. Um, how obviously um, you know your fellow players? Um, did you? But did your player characters have any kind of like speed bumps into becoming friends and adventuring party? Very much so. So. The first, so we get on the boat, our characters do, and the first night we're there, mm-hmm. I'm sharing a room with, all three of us are sharing a room on the ship that we're in, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I believe, 
I was the first one who did my one shot, so I got to claim the first bed. And it was like a single bed and then a, a set of bunk beds. I was like, I'm claiming the single. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do their, their one shots. We get together for the first recording of the episode. And um, I get there and my stuff has been moved. And I'm like, no. Yeah. No. Uh, and five gold, or a gold, is, and like some rations or something. Something was missing from my bag. So yeah. I, I climbed up the bunk bed. Uh, and I'm poking Felicity, and I'm like, tell me where my stuff is, tell me where my stuff is, why'd you move my stuff? This is my bed. While I'm yeah. doing, she didn't move my stuff, she took something out of my stuff. While I'm doing that, Thorn walks into the room, takes my stuff, and switches it, and then just lays on my bed. And I'm like, um, hold on, I'm sorry. Let her in my spot. <laughs> yeah, like, something, I, I feel like, I'm, am I, am I punked? Like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. So she, she like, is like, get out of my bed. She's like, holding her bow. Mm-hmm. She's like poking him with her bow, and he won't get out of the bed. And she, I think, I think I rolled him out of bed with the bow, but I yeah. used my bow and like pushed him out. And he tried to fight against it. I think he rolled like a two or a three, and I rolled like a seventeen. It was hysterical. Nice, um, nice. <laughs> and we definitely took a minute to get to get used to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that bow ended up burning to the ground. We had to swim to shore. It was a whole thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we kind of were like, oh. We get to the shore, and we're, like, we're waking up, and we're figuring out what's going on, and there's a kid over us who's like, the prophecy's here, and we're like, what are you talking about? And then that's kind of where the party grew and moved on, and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, But we were not definitely harmonious at the beginning. I would not say that we were, we were down to clown for a while. Yeah. So, what happened then after they... The party was declared the subject of a prophecy. So we get we got brought to like this dude, this this this. I think he's a mayor. He's like, yeah, you're like the prophecy said that when you get here, we'll be cleansed with the holy fire. And we're like, ah, uh. I don't sound good. Um, are you sure? And he shows us this priest. The priest's name is Francis. We immediately hate him. And, uh, we're talking to him about the prophecy, and we keep we just kept antagonizing. He just kept pushing his buttons. We're like, but we're just on a boat that, that sunk, that caught fire. He's like, yes, but that brought the prophecy. And we're like, but we don't have anything to do with this prophecy. It got to the point where the pope or the, the priest had his henchmen attack us because we were like antagonizing him so much. Because we just kept like pushing his buttons and pushing his buttons. Yeah. Again, very anti authoritarian. Um, And through a couple of sessions of us asking around town, asking about the priest and and the mayor and everybody else. That's where we made fun of the shopkeep. Um, it eventually came out that uh, the priest was a, what I would call a religious fanatic. Yeah. Uh, and wanted to quite literally cleanse the land with fire. Okay, see that, that I figured that was where yeah. that was going when, when you used the phrase cleanse, that we, we will be cleansed with holy fire. And yeah, like, we were like, have you heard of Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, we're, we're, we're in this mayor's house, and he's telling us this, and we're like, um, that doesn't sound good. And he's like, no, 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 it's positive, it's great. You know, we're going to be cleansed of our sins. And we're like, no, mm-hmm. you're going to get murdered. <laughs> this sounds awful. Yeah. It was, it was a time. 
I am hoping that was mostly resolved with as little damage to the town as possible, and there was no there was no raising and Oh no, not even a little bit. No, 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 no. That town's gone. Oh. It it something happened where the military came in and they started firing at protesters and then the police attacked us and they like burned the city down. It was it was a mess. Uh and that was like episode four. I want to say, where like, things started getting really intense, we were like, we need to go. Y'all fandalined. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't burn the town down. That's very important to me, though. We were fighting the priest who had set fire to the town. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, oh, this is not good. Uh, mm-hmm. So we left. And we kind of have a habit of just like, we don't necessarily cause destruction, but we leave it behind. So we left and we went to their town. And that town started having a military coup. Again, yeah. completely opposite of us. And we were just kind of stuck there for like 10 sessions where we're running around trying to figure out what's going on. And then we got recruited by the coup. It was it was a time. And then we started getting messages from Francis because he was like, "We're gonna, I'm going to kill you. And we were like, no. It was a lot. I think we- you're... I, I think your party cat needs to have like their luck cleansed or something that you can it's do so, in D and D. Because it it sounds like y'all are like the 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 wrenches or the spanners in the works for yes. everything that's happening in this new world that you've come to. We I believe there's a running joke that we keep starting revolutions. I believe at this point we have we have participated in at least three. Wow. Um, one was successful. One was the best thing we've ever done on that podcast. Uh, and that's something that you should go listen to, like, episode 12 about, because it's intense. There's, like, these things called the patch, and we overthrew... It was it was a time. They were, okay. like, little under-dark goblin creatures. Mm-hmm. And one... They, like, came out to attack us. We killed all of them but one, and then we were, like, questioning the one to figure out what was going on, because mm-hmm. we were down there to stop a dragon. And... Uh, he was like, there's a, there's a troll down here, or an ogre, one of the two, and uh, it's like making us do the work for it, but we don't want to do it. And we're like, okay, well, how about you guys help us take it down, and then you can be king. And he's like, I want to be king. And then we made Pebble the little diamond crusher. <laughs> nice, nice. Definitely our proudest moment. I I definitely can relate to that, because one of the campaigns that I am in uh, did a very similar thing. <laughs> it's always fun to stage a coup. Listen. I mean, sometimes. <laughs> it's not fun if you're the one with that the coup is being staged against. That's very true. That's never a power, that's never a position you want to be in. But it's always the position you want to cause. Mm-hmm. So since you guys did have at least one successful revolution, um, what kind of, like, what's kind of, I guess you could say, like, driving your party? Are you guys, like, is there something that you're actively, like, pursuing? Or are you trying to, like, avoid a prophecy or something? Or? So at this point, we're trying to hunt down Francis. Um, mm-hmm. And our, our we've had some hints and go along the way that he's essentially causing chaos. So wherever chaos goes, we're going to follow and try to investigate and see what's happening. We were in the middle of that, mm-hmm. and then we uh, kind of got stuck in the Feywild. And that's where we are right now. Ugh, we're in Feywild. the Feywild. <laughs> we followed a deer in. I don't know why we followed it, but we did. 
Yeah, probably a white heart kind of a situation if I had to guess. It was it led us to this pond thing, and then we were there, and then Thorn just got on its back and rode in, and we were like, "Guess we're going in." (laughs) Oh man, I'm surprised that wasn't. I'm surprised that following the following the deer into the Feywild wasn't more the dominion of of uh of Tavia. You know the ranger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, we, I, so, okay. So I, I always leave, and I found the deer, and we were following the deer, and we were literally standing outside the portal, and we're discussing what to do, and Thorne was like, I'm just getting on this deer and running in. And we were like, oh. Guess, and we just ran in after him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tavia's interesting, because she, she's not, she's a Horizon Walker, uh, which is a subclass in Xanathar's Guide. Uh, mm-hmm. So she can see portals. Like, if she, she has an ability where she can see portals. Most of the time, what that leads to is if she's in a city, she'll turn it on and all she'll see are toilets. Are toilets? Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of toilets. So it's essentially a mile radius around okay. any spot she's in, and it lasts for I think ten minutes, and it's toilets. Um, because that's how the DM before even my character was made. That's how the DM decided that's how toilets are gonna work. They're just it's a portal. They just wizards. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's. It's usually toilets, but when I, I saw the portal to the Feywild, I was like, guys, there's like a real portal over there. You gotta mm-hmm. go check that out. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So I, I'm curious, um, actually here, here's a good benchmark. What level are you at right now? I believe we're at, I want to say 10, last I checked. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, I believe we're at 10. Okay. So... In the time that you've been, uh, that Tavia has been adventuring with Felicity and Thorn, have you gotten any closer to uncovering the mystery of what happened to Tavia's brothers? A little bit. So she knows that it's probably some kind of military aspect that took them, especially because there's, there's like, a war conflict was ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's had, she's paid some people to scry on them, and she's had some clues, uh, Nothing super crazy strong, but enough that she could, uh, when they get back to the, when they get to the next city, she's able to look in there and see what's going on there. But she okay. knows they're alive. And the last, the biggest piece of information she got was, uh, they went through the town where the coup was staged about, I want to say in game, it was six months prior to them being in the town. And they went from one city port to the other city port and left on a boat. Uh, and okay. that was the last information she had gotten. And then she had mm-hmm. someone scrying on one of the brothers, and he had, like, a collar around his throat and was, like, serving drinks. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an interesting thing, because every time we go somewhere, I'm like, I'm checking for gnomes. Yeah. <laughs> like, we went to this college. Where are the gnomes? Show yeah, me the gnomes. We went to this coliseum, and I was like, I looked at the DM, and I was like, Ryan, where are the gnomes? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I literally, like, went through, like, a crowd of people and, like, just looked. I was just like, I'm just gonna look for him. Uh, yeah. She made flyers at one point. That didn't amount to anything. <laughs> Aww. I think, I think one of those was how she got to be able to scry to somebody. But, on um, get somebody to scry on them. But it was, like, I got a note where it was, like, a drunk man rambling or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, something I don't think that we've addressed yet is, um, what does Tavia look like? Oh, okay, said, so... we know We know that she's a gnome, 
and that she is from uh, an underground environment, I guess you could say. Yeah, she's she's from a cave, so she's like, she's short, um, she's pretty pale, because she hasn't seen a lot of sunlight, like, mm-hmm. she's pretty much lived her whole life in this cave. She's got really, really, like, uh, she's got, like, light brown hair, she has green eyes, and her clothes are kind of, like, the best thing to describe is, like, printed like a leaf, so, like, her shirt looks like there's, like, a stem running up it with, with, uh, like, the sticks falling off it, like, like, how you, like, how you print a leaf in, like, clay or paint or something. Yeah, yeah, she's got that, like, um, oh gosh, what's the word for it? When they, like, you you know the thing where, like, t-shirt companies will just, like, take an entire image and then just, like, print the whole thing on a shirt? Sublimation. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a sublimated leaf shirt. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But it's, like, her whole, that's, like, her whole thing is, like, that. Uh, And her bow is pretty big because she's short, so her and her bow are, like, almost the same height mm-hmm. um and she wears like dark brown boots okay so what are some of your favorite plot points that have happened to Tavia? what are or what are some of like the zaniest things that you've done okay so i'll do zany and then i'll do best because they're definitely different so zany is probably still going to be uh helping the petch overthrow their king putting a new ruler in place, and then taking down a group. Uh, it was a hill giant. That's what it was. It was a hill giant in the cave, and it came through through a portal. So we, we toppled the Petch King, put a new government in charge. The government mm-hmm. was friendly to us, and then we took the, us and that government, toppled the hill giant, and then I closed the portal. Um, and that was really fun, uh, mm-hmm. because it was just insane. Like, the whole the whole three sessions that spanned, we kept coming to set, we kept coming to recording, we're like, I don't know what we're doing. Honestly, I'm impressed that y'all did it in, like, three sessions. It was was really quick, and honestly, it was, like, the best, most, like, consistently good thing we've done. Mm -hmm. Um, Favorite moment, there was a moment during, I want to say it was the Hill Giant fight, where, uh, so, Thorn and Tavia don't really get along. Tavia finds him very uh, self-centered and uh, kind of very pompous. Like, he introduces some people, like, hi, I'm Thorn Pelkey, maybe you've heard of me. Mm -hmm. Um. It's on a lot of women. He's kind of like, you know, not very, but he's a good person. She just doesn't see that. So yeah. she went down like totally zero hit points, and he used his. It's a, it's a paladin ability where it's like oh lay on hands. He used all of his lay on hands on her, and then gave her like a healing potion, and like protected her from the whole giant until she was able yeah. to like with her turn. And that was a big character moment for her because she's like oh this dude's not like a total jerk. Like he's like he's cool, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Um. I remember being really excited about that because she went and she was like, thanks. And he's like, you're welcome. And then he gets really, it's like really awkward silence for like a minute. He's like, is this what Ben's is like? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Um, and another good moment, probably right after, I want to say, I'm trying to think because I know I had a really good one with, with Felicity as well. I just can't remember exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. I think we were making fun of Thorn. Genuinely, I think we were, we were like... Yeah. Because we, we, we sat at a bar and we watched him try to hit on women. And it, it didn't go well at all. Mm-hmm. We kept rolling really low. None of them were, like, charmed. And we were just sitting there laughing at him. It was just a really nice, like, character moment where we got to just 
kind of let the characters be characters and not be these people who are on this grand quest or, or angry mm-hmm. at the world or fighting some monster. It was just a nice show for that. Yeah. So here's here's a long shot question. What do you think that Tavia is going to do if she is able to A, find all of her seven brothers and B, rescue them or save them or like get the family back together? Like, how do you think that that might affect her character? I think she's going to be really conflicted because her whole goal, at least for at least half of this time, has been going home. She wants to get her brothers, she wants to get herself out of the conflict. At least for a while, she was like, I don't have any part in this. This is not my fight. Um, Mm -hmm. But as she's grown closer to the people uh, in these cities and these towns, and she's kind of seen what the effect of the war and everything is having on them, I think she's slowly going to kind of come around to, like, no, I have to sit here and do something, because if I don't, who will? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's going to be a really big struggle for her when, if she does get her brothers back, you know what I mean? Like, if all seven of them come back and they're like, all right, let's go home. And she's like, I don't know if I can right now. Like, there's so mm-hmm. much more going on. Um, because she's pretty naive about the world, but she tries to hide it. She doesn't like thinking that, you, that she doesn't know something. She doesn't like you thinking she doesn't know something, even if she does know something. She's yeah. very out to, like, prove herself um, in a mm-hmm. very headstrong way. So she's very, uh, she's very ready, but she's worried about the, how the world's going to affect her and how it's going to affect her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I realized I forgot to ever ask: Are her brothers older or younger? They're all older, so she's the youngest. So that's why also it's like a thing where she's like, oh, "I'm coming into my own." She's she's getting to that point where she's like, "I'm here," um, and mm-hmm. she's twenty four in one year. Okay, I don't know if they're super different from him. Because I think it's like a couple years off or something. But yeah, it's. Character ages in D and D are so weird because it'll be like, oh hey, like we're all kind of roughly like young adult age, but yeah. the but the elves are like are, are like two hundred yeah. to three hundred years old, and the dragonborn is seven. And yeah. <laughs> it's always it's always very interesting. Yeah, it's like gosh dang it, Gary Gygax, why do you have to make everyone be weird age spans? Yeah. Just make it a little bit more consistent. Yeah. She's the youngest and she's like she's very out to prove herself. That's definitely her mm-hmm. thing. Like other than saving her brothers and other than this new quest of stopping Francis and not letting a, a religious righteous fire consume the continent, uh, mm-hmm. she's very much out to prove that she can do what she's gonna do. And that's Good. been like her big theme. I mean, proving yourself is a very, very valid, like, yeah. character motivation to have, especially when it comes to, like you said, a character who's, up to this point, her main goal has been, you know, like, I'm going to go rescue my family, and then maybe we go home? Yeah, like, she's like, <laughs> maybe I don't they really go home? Go from here. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see when that point comes of, where her path will lie there and what will be going on there. Like, it'll be, it'll definitely be a struggle for her to choose. Mm-hmm. So here's a little bit of a different tack. Um, what would you say that, like, obviously, uh, Tavia is a, is a ranger and you mentioned she has like the horizon, the horizon viewer or whatever. Yeah. Um, what would, like, what would you say that she is, like the best at 
Or like, what does what does she what does she consider herself to be the best at? She likes to think she's very good at interrogating people when she's not. Um, she thinks she's intimidating when she's not. She's very small. Yeah, and not very big or, or strong. Um, but she's good at finding things, and she's good mm-hmm. at kind of putting her nose to the ground and sniffing things out. Uh, and she's good at, at guiding people. Like whenever we go through the forest, whenever we move. She's always fun to lead. She's, she, you know, and she, that's she, that's what she is good at. She likes mm-hmm. to think she's good at, at interrogating, and she's not like at yeah. all. No. Have you gotten to have a lot of opportunities with that? Like, hey, my character thinks that she's great at interrogations, so she's going to talk to this mook that we captured, a and everyone times. else is like, mm. it's usually her and Thorn. It's Thorn that because it's like Thorn will try, and she's like, no, 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 I got this. And then Felicity and Thorne just watch her blunder the whole way through. Yeah. And then, uh, like, then Thorne will be like, no, 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 let's, let's, let's get back to the real questions. And she gets mad at Thorne. Hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Has She's it like, ever worked? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think she's ever been successful. Like, I want to say maybe once, maybe, mm-hmm. but I doubt it. I really doubt it. Uh, yeah, no. Probably not. Like, she's able to talk smoothly to people, and mm-hmm. that's kind of worked her way out of things a little bit, but, um, no, I don't think she's ever been able to translate successfully, I would say, without causing a coup and or a fight and or someone else just stepping in because it's going so bad. <laughs> I mean, nobody's perfect, so. It, it works. It balances out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, um, I am not familiar with the Horizon, with the Horizon Walker. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not familiar yeah, yeah. with that. Um, you said it was, uh, was that Xanathar's or was it yeah. Unearthed Arcana? Uh, that is Xanathar's guide. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear how playing an, I guess you could say an atypical, uh, an atypical specification for a ranger has, like, affected how you play her so it's interesting because it's it's i've never played a ranger before this is my first time playing this class so it's it's definitely a double new dip for me where it's like okay Mm -hmm. it's a new class it's a new subclass um and a new world as well so it's it's very interesting i like horizon walker i think it's very interesting so Mm -hmm. if i can real quick i just want to read the the description of it yeah go for it uh because it's it's an it's a very weird concept so Horizon Walkers guard the world against threats that originate from other planes and that or that seek to ravage the mortal realm with otherworldly magic. We seek out planar portals and keep watch over them, venturing to the inner planes and the outer planes as they as needed to pursue their purpose. These rangers are also friends to any forces in the multiverse, especially benevolent dragons, fae, and elementals that work to preserve life in the order of planes. So in her in my eyes, the way she sees it is she's here to just try to keep and mm-hmm. that was always the plan, was when she got a little bit older, she was going to go through a portal and just explore the world. But then that path kind of got interrupted because of blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, uh, and she's, it's it's interesting because portals are a very weird thing to have in D&D, let alone have a Oh, yeah. She's successfully closed one. There, you came across a, uh, a portal to the Chaos Realm. Yeah. And, uh, we, I was able to close that uh, through some very, very lucky saves. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's 
it's definitely a thing that'll grow with her as she goes. Um, because like I said, she's she was she had this like kind of idea for her life that she that when she got to be like maybe like thirty five, like in ten years, that's when she would go out and kind of explore the world. And that path's gone. That path is stricken out of that book because now she's doing all these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it grows with her as she goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that. As, as someone who has run games before, I'm like, that would be, that is a really fun, like, like, character class and subclass to, like, yeah. work around when you're making up a story and stuff. Yeah, and she was originally going to be, um, it was an opposite of this in Xanathar's, where it's like, I don't remember what it was called, but it's like an opposite where you're, like, kind of from the underdog type area, and that's mm-hmm. what she's gonna do, and then as I read it, I was like, this seems a little too evil almost where it's like a little too dark for who she is and, and the path I want her to go on at some point mm-hmm. which is why I ended up changing over to her husband yeah yeah I mean that's totally that is totally legit yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that's Razum Walker and it's got some interesting things like uh yeah so she can literally at any point just turn like her portal sense on is what we call it and within a mile radius, as she like she can walk around and do it, uh, you just see like little orbs, and they just light up everywhere. Yeah. Or if there's multiple, if there's only one, you can like see it on the very edge or how close it is. Um, mm-hmm. So you can see how close it is to my proxy. Okay, that's interesting. I'm curious what would happen if like what would happen if one of y'all got a hold of like something specifically to create like stable portals. <laughs> If there was, like, a portal gun in d and yeah. <laughs> Just portal 2. Just, just, Alright, let's go. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. That'd be so fun. Also, cut our, our travel time completely down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, capital, we're good. Mm-hmm. I feel like so far, I, d- I don't think I've ever heard of a GM who, like, once the players got to a certain point... Where they were like, okay, we need to be doing a lot of traveling and covering large distances. Said, no, you're gonna walk. Yeah, no, there's definitely... Everyone's like, no, it's okay, uh, here's a teleportation circle. Yeah. Uh, here your druid has learned to travel via plants or something. Just uh, some way to just cut it down a little bit, because it gets, it gets tiring. <laughs> mm-hmm. When it's like, okay, hey, this is this is in game day five that you've been on this wagon trail trying to tra- trying to cross the continent to go to the special mountain settlement that you need. It's like, <laughs> I think I would lose my mind if it was like, let's say, like fifteen sessions of walking. I'd yeah. probably lose my mind. Yeah, that'd be rough. It it would. The characters would be rough in it, and it would, in fact, be rough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to when it comes to Tavia, have you played her in anything outside of your outside of your recorded campaign, or do you have any interest in in like playing her in a one shot or something, or like incorporating her into another into another work that you do? I would definitely, I would, I would do it as a one-shot. I don't know if I would do another whole campaign, just mm-hmm. because I like the path that she's on. I think it'd be weird to try to do that twice, honest. But I would definitely use it for a one-shot. I haven't mm-hmm. yet. Um, I would be down. I like her a lot. I think she's a very fun character. Um, 
I'd probably want to play her a bit more on the podcast just so I could flesh it out more before I was like, if I go into a one shot, I like to know exactly who that character is. So oh, yeah. I'm pretty clear about what she is, what, what, she, what they are, what they're doing. Very concise mm-hmm. uh, how they would act. Um, I mean, when, you, when like you only to, have one chance to play a character, you got to make it count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you, I, I like to know exactly like what they're going to be about and, and how they'll react to things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would never, I wouldn't turn it down. I would, I'd be happily, very happily play it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you have anything that you want to talk to talk about with Tavia uh, before we go into the last question for today's recording? Um. I think she's so. I I I mean I urge everyone listening to go check out the podcast. Twenties and ones on Spotify. It's great. Um, <laughs> but she's. I made her sound. I think I made her sound very mean, and I want to stress that she's not mean. She's just wary of the world, and she's very much like. She sees the whole world is looking down on her, so she's gonna try to mm-hmm. hunch back. Um, I I hope you mean I hope you mean proverbially looking down on her because she is a gnome who generally short. She gets really she gets really sensitive when people call her short. She's like, no, don't call me that. You know, I'm I deserve respect. Um, and that's that's definitely an arc she'll end up going through is like kind of understanding the world not all against her. But that's all she's seen of the outside world is them taking. So she's like, no, I'm out. Um. So I, I did want to say that because I feel like I just painted her as a very mean person. Yeah. She's not. She's just, she's scared and, and doesn't want to show it yet. Um, yeah, I, I definitely can understand where that's coming from. Because when, when you're someone who has seven older siblings yeah. and you have to leave everything you've ever, you've ever experienced and known behind to, to go and try and find them, that is a very stressful and scary situation. It is. It, it, she's very, like I said, she's like, she's very scared, but she's not going to let anyone kind of in on that. She's very guarded. Um, and that's what kind of makes her interesting to play because she's always, you can never 100% guess where she's, what she's going to say next. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I like her because she's very fun. Um, and it's fun exploring this, this very interesting, like, more layered, complex character. Yeah. That's definitely valid. <laughs> I like to try to make them interesting, at least my characters. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Other times they're just like, I'm here and I'm here to have a party. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that either. No, no, it's always a good time no matter what. Okay, so your last question for today then is, why do you love Tavia so much? Ooh. <laughs> um. There's a lot of reasons. Uh, I like her because I I can see the parts of like I'm I'm always a big proponent of every D and D character is going to have a piece of you inside them. Oh, definitely. Uh, some level of your personality. I think it's impossible to make a completely detached D and D character and play it well. I think mm-hmm. that's absolutely impossible. Um, and I like to think that her. I'm a very I'm a pretty positive person, and I'm generally pretty trusting. And I like to think that the part of me that's like kind of a little more wary of the world gets to come out in her and they kind of get to explore that through her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also, I have a lot of siblings myself. I have, I have four younger siblings. I'm the oldest. Um, ah, okay. Like so you said, no, this time I'm going to be I'm, the I'm going to be the baby. I want to be pampered and spoiled. <laughs> yeah. I want the hand-me-downs. <laughs> uh, so, it, yeah. I mean, yes. Um, so it's very, it's very interesting to kind of play it from that perspective of, an older sibling playing the youngest sibling. 
mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of a fun headspace I get into. But I like her because she's she's genuinely trying, and you can kind of see that struggle come through where she's not sure what to make of the world, but she's gonna die. She's gonna do her you know her best to understand it and to work it herself through it. And mm-hmm. I think that's she has a lot of resilience. Yes. I am very glad to hear that, especially because, like, like like you said earlier, it's when all you're doing is talking about like, hey, this character, this character did did X, Y, and Z. It's good to you know, like, know how that character is feeling and stuff, and like get that kind yeah. of insight into <laughs> into who they are as people. Yeah, like that's always it's interesting because it's like I think about like at what I be friends with my characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's interesting that I would I probably personally me. I don't think I get along with her very well. Like, there's a lot of characters I make it very positive mm-hmm. uh, that I would probably be like best friends with. But I think yeah. with Tavia, it would take a while to kind of understand her, and I like that about her that she's a bit more layered and kind of not so out there in the world. Not that there's anything wrong with her. I mean, that's how I am in real life. But uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I I would like you to know that when you said that she's that she's more of a layered person, I had to squash down the part of my brain that said layers in a Shrek voice. Yeah, that's all. I've, every I've said layers like three times, and all I bring about the onion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Shrek. Shrek's great. Uh, um, Shrek is love. Shrek is life. <laughs> oh no! I haven't done that so long. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. We're not here to talk about Shrek. That's a, that's an entirely different <laughs> that's, podcast. That's a brand new podcast we'll be launching this week. <laughs> oh God, no! Look, I might have free time. I don't have that much free time. I can't even imagine what a podcast that's just about Shrek would do for five episodes. Like I get one, and like that's it. No, I mean the the Shrek podcast is you you watch the you watch the movies. You discuss the movies, um, discuss the cultural phenomenon of Shrek and how it became so popular. Um, discuss discuss Shrek as uh, as a, as a um, discuss Shrek as like a symptom and also like a like a snapshot of what culture was like when Shrek came out. Two thousand nine. Yeah, like um, discuss how discuss how Shrek affected popular culture. Um, I remember right when the first Shrek came out and everything was green, like there was the green ketchup and the green Twinkies. And I remember being like, mm-hmm. "Oh, mm-hmm. I was obsessed. I had green ketchup like every day for at least a month. I was, I loved it. I loved the green ketchup. It cracked yeah, me. I I do remember that, however vaguely. I just remember being like, "Oh my god, it's green, mom! It's." That's so cool. Mhm. Mhm. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Oh my gosh, that was. <laughs> if anybody out there wants to make a Shrek podcast, you have my full permission. I need to yes. know. Yes. <laughs> if if there is not a Shrek podcast out there, I'm going to be extremely surprised. I'm gonna go look when we're done. <laughs> go for it. Oh. Um, Okay, so with with all of that aside, um, thank you for coming on the podcast today to talk about specifically, specifically <laughs> Tavia and a lot of other stuff along the way. Kat. Yeah, it was it was a ride. Um, thank you very much for having me. It was a great time. Uh, we we talked about life and love and Shrek, and that's all you need to know in life. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Okay, so this is the part of the episode where you get to promote stuff. So, do you have anything that you want to shout out? Where would you like to be found on the internet? So you can find me on Twitter at CatNotKit13. I like to think that I'm funny, but probably not. Check me out anyway. Um, and then, like I said earlier, on Spotify, uh, iTunes, Podbean, we're 20s and 1s. We are just about to upload our 40th episode. We're very excited. Nice, uh, and nice. And we hysterical, too. We have a great time. Come join us on adventure. Um... And if anybody wants to check out my TikTok, I have fun on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta plug all the stuff. I think that might be the first time that I've ever had someone say, check me out, like, yes. check out my TikTok yes. on Wavered. So congratulations, Kat. You were the first. I want, I'm going to go, I'm going to go make a medal. I'm going to, I'm going to go uh, cut out some paper and make a medal because I feel like I've achieved something today. <laughs> Honestly, go for it. Like, um, in, in this society, like... Make give give yourself merits for whatever achievements you feel deserve yes, merit. Because I achieved being the first person to plug a TikTok. I'm so proud of myself. Mm-hmm. My As you should be. <laughs> the Hunt for Red OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Acast, and Stitcher. Our theme song is Violet by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. And you can also email us at WaywardOCPod at gmail.com. And I do have the next uh, the next couple of guests lined up, uh, but if you are interested in being on the show or if you know someone who is, feel free to send me an email or a tweet through the official Wayward accounts and we can discuss uh, getting that guest spot set up. And of course, this is a podcast and it is always super helpful if you can subscribe and rate us on your listening platform of choice, uh, ideally maybe even leave a review or recommend us to a friend because those help us to find more uh, a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Rabbit OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Yeah, like, my phone's been autocorrected to French a lot lately. That's weird. I don't know. I, I'm not French. I don't speak French. I've never typed in French. I your, think fo- like, your phone says, I want you to go to France. Take yeah, a trip like to Paris. Yeah, like, go take a vacation. And I'm like, I can't. I don't have that option for multiple, for a multitude of reasons. I can't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. None of us have the ability to travel internationally right now. Nope. <laughs> Can you chill, please, phone? Just, like, take it down, like, two notches. I think it's because I, I kept I kept referencing Les Mis in, te- in tweets like a month ago. Because mm-hmm. I found like a Les Mis anime and I was texting them. <laughs> and I think my phone like was like, oh, she's French. Mm-hmm. We got it. Yes, it was like, hello, uh, you, uh, you need the correct pronunciations and spellings of Tenadier. Yeah, so here, we're just going to give it all now. Like every word you type, we're going to give you the French version. And you can't change it because it's not your actual setting. It's just us. Wow. It's kind of honestly incredible. <laughs> it's it's incredible the things that are the things that technology gets us to do. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. All of that aside, we actually probably should start doing the episode. That might help. <laughs>
In a world where people pretend to be someone else for fun, if we don't create these people, who the heck will? To teach others the joy of making characters for so many RPGs. How can there be so many games? Coming to you every Monday, the One Shot Podcast Network presents Character Creation Cast, where Ryan Bolter, Amelia Entram, and guests create characters for different role-playing games and talk about the process. Starring Character Evolution Cast, where Ryan, Amelia, and guests dive deep into tips on how to play those characters better. 